This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant tout bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas de penser que c'est ton si bon miel qui m'a ta poêle. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, night fans? It's Tuesday, November 24th. Taco Tuesday, actually. On today's show, it's officially USF Hate Week. We made it. Uh, So big meanwhile to the West theme on this show. We found a new way to save the season. Obviously, we're going to go over the very disappointing third double-digit loss or blown lead of the season to Cincinnati on Saturday night. Really high-scoring game. Also, major breaking KZ news, possibly. Uh, We'll talk about what Dylan Gabriel said about him. Also, basketball kicks off this week. Have some breaking transfer news with that. Men's and women's start this week, actually. Um, And like always, Moose Mailbag, Money Moose Picks. Speaking of, I'm here with Money Moo, UCF, bouncing in the house for the final time this season, came out of the gates on fire with a quick score and an even quicker takeaway. Up 14-3, to the Knights look to be in control, but Desmond Ritter and the Bearcats had other plans as they hand the Knights their third loss of the season, all of which after blowing a two-score lead. The Knights go down 36-33. Uh, yeah, not much to say. Uh, it seems like we've seen this show's over. (laughs) (laughs) It it seems like we've seen the exact same loss three times. Did not feel the same pretty much. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, I felt really good after the first couple of drives, you know, up 14 to three. I thought we came out on fire. Uh, I actually liked the play calling. We ran an option. Crazy. <laughs> Haven't seen that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I thought the defense, the first couple drives, too, was playing like lights out, man. I, I really got to give it up to the defense. Um, I think even overall, the whole game, the defense, you know, played really well. It's This was not, you know... Tulane. This was not Temple. This is the number seven team in the country. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words. A lot of people, you know, were, um, pretty heated. I have some words. <laughs> on social media. <laughs> you had some words always. Um, um I mean, I usually like to take a deep breath and think about, you know, what I'm going to say first before I just spout off some stuff on on Twitter, but uh, I don't know. What were your thoughts? It's the same, like I said, the same story, different day. We have, and Squints talked about this on Twitter. He has a whole thread going through like the first 15 plays, which are normally already scripted. They're already pre-planned out. We seem to start off every game pretty hot on offense, and then we just lose track in like the second quarter and the defense has played great all season especially considering 
how many people we lost due to COVID and the players kicked off the team. If you keep giving them the ball back, especially Cincinnati, they're going to find out ways to move it and eventually score. You got to give the defense a break. And when we have these quick three and outs, it seems to happen every second quarter, like in the middle of the game, we start to stall out, keep giving them the ball back. And of course they're going to score. And then we come back towards the end of the game and we always just come up just short. Another, you know, very close loss with a chance at the end. You know, got to hand it to Cincy. They came out strong. I would like to say one thing, though, is that the no home field advantage thing is really hurting us, I feel like. You always stress it big. Won it. Yep. I think that would have won it for us. I really do. That game, the Temple game, or sorry, the Tulsa game, um, it definitely would have made a, a difference in these close games. But what can you do? You got to play the hand you're dealt, and that's what we're dealing with this year. And, hey, at least we had a season. And, um, you know, we've got USF this week. And possibly what I think would make the whole year worth it, all these losses and everything, is the possibility of Mackenzie Milton coming back, which Dylan seemed to hint at today. Did you see that quote by him that went, like, viral? Did he possibly let the cat out of the bag? I mean, we've all been talking about this, like, for the whole year. I don't remember who said it first, but... It was me. I think it was just collectively, we were all, you know, this just has to happen. It's perfect. Two years, the two-year anniversary, in the same exact spot that it all... I think now, more so than even, you know, before last week, we're pretty much locked into either the Boca Raton Bowl or the Cure Bowl. Um, we really have nothing to play for other than just beating USF. I mean, as far as we're not going to get in the top 25, we're not going to... There's really nothing you know, left. Really, it's just, we're, we're not, we're not going to change what bowl we're going to be in, whether or not we we beat this team. I mean, this is all just straight for bragging rights. It's rivalry which obviously week. is it's very important. Yeah, yeah, we're not downplaying but, um, it. There's just nothing else can be affected. And Plus, it's not like we're putting in a quarterback just because, you know, oh, it would be a nice story. Like, this is still Mackenzie Milton. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I can't think of a reason not to other than him not feeling comfortable with it, him not thinking it's worth it. This, it might not be the way he wants it to, to be, and that's okay. But that's the only reason I could think of. Yeah, there, I, I can't think, think of anything else. I don't think they would ever force him to or any of that. This is, you know, and him and DG are such good friends. I think, you know, Dylan would probably, you know, went up to him and was like, dude, if you want to start, like, just let me know. And then yeah. maybe they went to coach and and if he was okay with it. Or, you know, not even start if he just gets in in the second half. I mean, we should have a fairly large lead in the first half. And um, Man, dude, I'm just – I'm picturing him – I mean, we're going to know in warm-ups, but, like, picturing him walking out to the coin toss in pads this year. Oh, man. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> it has to. God, I just went from like absolute devastation these last few weeks to sheer joy. Um, 
it'll make everything worth it, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of things that happened stunk, yeah. But this is just by far the biggest story, and I won't care about anything else that happened. Um, well, I mean, I'll care, but you know what I mean. I guess it'll make it make it all okay. Save the season. Yes, thank you. I know we don't want to dwell on this game, but there's a few things that I wanted to talk about uh, about the Cincy game before we move on and yep. past it forever. Forever. So, yes, they got their revenge. Well, really, it was like both teams needed revenge. We needed to avenge the loss from last year. They needed to avenge the embarrassment the last time that they walked on the field college game day Um, but you know i still and i kind of said this last week that i was finally giving ritter some credit now that i saw the game there now that i saw the whole game i really think they're gonna get smoked by whoever they play yeah i just i don't know why and this may look be like a really bad take and just such a biased opinion just because I really don't like him. <laughs> but it just didn't impress me at all. It just, there's no, everything was dink and dunk. It was like, no flash. He had 338 yards passing, dude. He did, but like, how much were air yards? I yeah. feel like it was a lot of blown, co- like a blown coverage. Yards uh, after catch. Yes, it just, it was very, very unimpressive again for me. I don't, it's so hard to compare the teams though, because we had almost no intertwined conference games. Everyone was conference only. Who knows? But I I have the same feeling. So now I'm wondering, like, am I rooting for Cincy to make the playoff? Because I was, because it's good for the conference. But then if they get smoked, that puts... it's going to look bad on us. No, no. Well, not only that, that puts our conference out of the playoff forever. They're going to be like, we gave you your chance, you blew it. So... yep. Maybe we'd want them to be left out, and then we can be very mad about it for like the end of time, and that'll push to playoff expansion. All right, boom. That's the official I take. I think you're absolutely right. No playoffs. I couldn't agree more. But we're going to no pretend playoffs. we're going to pr- still pretend like we want them in, but be rooting for them not to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything so else anyway. from the game? Uh, Richie Grant played out of his mind, by the way. We talked about that earlier. 16 tackles. I, I felt like he was in on every play, and if he wasn't making the tackle, he was right there. Last home game for him, probably. Um, he did play very well. Another big shout-out to Tatum Bethune, who you know, wasn't a starter when the season started, but due to you know, the circumstances, he, he's really stepped up. And he's one of the guys that I said earlier this year that could be a breakout star or like my surprise player. Um, it was either him or Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. So JJB. I'll try with one. I was right with one of them, but he's going to be a star uh, for years to come. I think he's only a sophomore. Yeah, there's a lot of really really good things about him. There's a lot of really good takeaways from this entire season. I mean, we played through a lot of adversity on the defensive side of the ball. I I don't, you know, everyone's so divided. Everyone either wants to fire hype or fire Shannon. I mean, I think Shannon has done a great job with an absolutely decimated defensive roster and the fact that we give him the ball back so much, but we can argue that for days. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot, also, of, there's a lot of positives. You can, also, you can also say, you know, we should have had – we could could have still had Bam Moore. Didn't, hasn't played all year. 
could have had Tay Gowan. Like, this is the hand that Randy Shannon was dealt. And yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. And we lost Collier. Kalia Davis sat out for COVID. Um, a lot of guys stepped up. You know, it's on them, and it's, I think that's a reflection of, of good coaching. But who knows what's going on inside the locker room, man. There's so many rumors and stuff swirling around him. You know, everyone so, everyone has to take sides when, when stuff goes wrong. And unfortunately, I think that's just the nature of social media and stuff these days. But who the heck knows? Um, I just I, I just trying to keep it positive. A lot, a lot of good takeaways from this season. Trying to keep it positive. However, <laughs> I think we need to address the elephant in the room that um, you had your quote unquote fire Dawkins moment. Uh, Which one? <laughs> past Saturday. So you sent out a couple of, of tweets fi- wanting to fire Josh Heupel. Third time and, this season. Uh, I'm just wondering if like this is your fire Dawkins moment. Now let's go back to the first like three or four times that you <laughs> were calling for Dawkins' head. Was legit like the season before we had our best basketball season ever first tournament win ever almost beat number one seed duke and i you know i don't know what people thought of i'm just glad no one brought this up again you're right this is a big there's a big (laughs) there's a big parallel and my whole reasoning and i thought it was legit at the time is that Dawkins didn't recruit anyone for like his first three years and maybe it's just hard to kind of get going and we got spoiled with Scott Frost I think has something to do with it but I think there's a lot of parallels between Dawkins and Hypo right now. Hype won with inherited players that were recruited by the coach before him. Now we're struggling. We're not seeing as good of recruiting. It could be similar and maybe he just needs you know four or five years because our basketball team is stacked now. Um, he's really, really stepped it up. And I mean, it did take him four years though. There's no arguing that, um, he won with the coaches players before him and now he's going to win with his own. And and that's exciting. Um, so so we could be looking up from here. I hope so. This was your fire Dawkins moment. Yeah, no, definitely. It definitely a lot of parallels there. Um, should we move on to basketball then? Or I I think. I think we're going to put this game in the coffin. Okay. It's, and, it's uh, done. Move on. Next. It's done. We're moving on to oh, USF. Real real quick, USF. Um, I hope this game happens. I, there's still a chance it might not. Uh, we don't know. But we'll be there, me and Moo, in 122. Hey, it rhymes. Uh, so hopefully hey. see you guys there. Guys, if this game's happening, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Mackenzie deserves it, and these players deserve our support. And it's rivalry week. This is the most fun game uh, in seasons where, you know, nothing else really matters. This is the best week. We look forward to this every year. It's circled on the calendar. Black Friday, you know, and we're going to finally even the score against USF. It's taken quite a while, uh, but we're we're almost there with the win this week. So, I wonder how many fans are going to show up for them. Well, what's their capacity limit? Is it still 25%? I have no idea. I stopped paying attention to pretty much everything. Um, anything else for rivalry week stuff before we move on? Oh, 
Let's do our first watch fresh take winner. Okay, so this week was very difficult because there were five. Yes, I don't know how this happened, but there were <laughs> five people who correctly guessed the first touchdown score, Greg McRae, and the exact yardage, three yards. We had no idea that this could possibly happen. Somehow, some way, this was the most correct, most guessed, wait, most correctly guessed number as well. So could not have been worse. And it had the, and it had, it was the most guessed number also. Yeah. So what should we do? Uh, I don't know, man. That's. Let's give, I, them, I, give them all gift cards. Come on. Let's give let's give them all gift cards. Let's do it. Hey, all everybody right. wins. Who who are the winners? Congratulations to Jonathan Little, Nathan Bozy, Jackson Fellers, Casey Stewart, and I'm reluctant to give a gift card to this guy since he has three different college football teams in his Twitter handle. Ooh. But at least he has UCF first. That's Mr. UCF. MSU and Clemson. Oh, I, I thought I thought it was Muscle Mason. <laughs> I see it now. Oh, is it? Oh, no, no, I don't think it is. I think it's oh, that's your eyes tricking you. Yeah. Well, there's like so anyway, one letter flipped. Um, that guy also will win the twenty-five dollar gift card. So all five people getting twenty-five dollar gift cards. Make sure to follow me on Twitter so that I can DM you and follow and DM. Follow First Watch on Instagram. They don't have a Twitter, and I keep messing that up. It's at first.watch on Instagram. They put out some good content, actually. So uh, one of, one right, of the better cool. restaurant follows. Um, but anyway, send me your address so I can send you the gift card. And uh, you can go out there and get you a two for Moo. Two for Moo. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Love First Watch. Thank them, thank them so much for sponsoring us this season uh it's been a lot of fun all right basketball real quick a few big basketball nuggets today cj walker the oregon transfer officially got his waiver he will be playing in our home opener this saturday versus big 10 opponent sorry big 12 opponent oklahoma at 2 p.m at home pretty exciting if you're coming back from black friday also uh Taco Fall was actually a free agent. He only had a one-year deal with the Celtics. And wait, was it one year or two years? I don't know. Taco Fall was a free agent, and he just signed another two-year deal with Boston. So congrats to him. And also, don't forget, women's basketball starts this week, Wednesday versus Virginia Tech, the home opener, 6 p.m. Coach Abe has really got this program turned around. Four straight 20-win seasons for the Lady Knights. Is that what they're called? Yeah, we'll call them that uh, for the ladies and no more UConn in the conference this year. So I think we're actually favorites to win the conference, but uh, very, very exciting that basketball is starting and we've got two really, really good squads. So, you know, we've got one football game, well, two football games left, and then let's shift our 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 focus and our dedication to to the basketball programs. And, um, you know, and just wanted to say, uh don't cancel that ESPN Plus subscription just yet because I have a feeling that a lot of our games are are uh, going to be on there 
In fact, this Saturday's game against Oklahoma is on ESPN Plus. So if you you hated ESPN Plus but forgot to cancel last month, like me, um, Uh, and me, surprise, you get you get a free game against Oklahoma. So no, I'm I'm pretty excited about basketball this year. You know, we had kind of down year last year, and um, you know, I'm excited to see this new guy too from Oregon. He looks like a beast if you've seen some of his highlight tapes. Um, definitely look him up. CJ Walker, right? Yep. Yeah, CJ Walker. Uh, we'll check out the projected betting lines. It's the tweet that gets smaller every week. <laughs> so this is where I take a look at the betting lines and give you a projection for the entire season, updated every week. This week, since there's only one game left, one scheduled game left, I should say, uh, my line projection was UCF minus 27 against USF. The line actually came out yesterday afternoon at 24 and a half. It's now up to 25. So I was pretty close there. Um, That's a tough, that's such a big spread to. There's a lot of room for error. So great job right. with that all season. You were pretty spot on, like always. Not a surprise, but just giving you so a little recognition. It's good, and bad. it's good and bad being spot on. It's good being spot on because it's good being right, but also that means that there's no value in the pick, and it's pretty much a coin flip. So yet again, this week, I will not be picking the Knights um, to cover. It's just too big of a spread, and we really don't know what's going to happen. Um could be up huge and put, I don't know, Park Navarro in the fourth quarter. And, <laughs> and put, a, put a bunch of, you know, young kids in on defense or, yeah, I mean, I'll still probably throw like 50 bucks on it, but did pretty well this week with them, actually. I had the first quarter, first half, and the game spread, and we covered all three, so I also had the money line, but whatever. Can't be perfect. Uh, yeah, so maybe that was, that was the bet. You know, last year it was all, you know, hitting first quarter overs, first quarter overs. Now this year, since we've blown so many weeds, maybe it's like team first half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, we uh, hit our point total too. I think it was 30. So just squeeze that one in. Barely. Hey, a win's a win, right? Yeah. All right. So picks? Sure. All right. Perfect timing. It's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the week. One and one last week as I moved to 11, 9, and 1 on the season. And yes, I am counting the win uh, for UCF plus five and a half. Yeah, I told you to go the money line, but I forgot the golden rule of betting underdog money lines. Never throw everything on the money line. Should always do 50 50, half on the spread, half on money line. And is that a rule? I didn't do that. It's my it's usually my golden rule, but uh I didn't do it, got too cocky. But either way, um I don't give money lines ever as official picks, so we'll be t- sticking to spread only. And that brings me to a perfect seven and zero when picking UCF against the spread. Loss of the week was Kentucky looked to be a pretty good bet for the first quarter and halfway into the second quarter. 
Kentucky actually had the chance to uh, take the lead, and they had like a 24 – it was a chip shot field goal. I mean, 24, 25 yards. The long snapper, for some reason, thought it was a punt and hiked the ball, no lie, all the way to the 50-yard line. What? <laughs> over the guy's head. You got to find the video. It was crazy. Um, and it was all downhill for there. So anyway, that was a loss. 11-9-1 on the season. Going to finish out the year. I do have some bowl picks, you know, once those are all set. And I'll have some picks for championship weekend. But to finish out the regular season, I'm giving you three big money picks this week. First pick, we're going to go with FAU minus six and a half against Middle Tennessee State. Look, I don't know how FAU is five and one. Their only loss is to Mart, undefeated Marshall, but their wins, I, I, it just makes no sense. They have one of the worst offenses in the country. They only score like 20, 20 and a half or 21 points a game. They beat UMass, which is the worst team in the country, 24-2. to two. I mean, so you're thinking to yourself, Paul, why are you taking FAU minus 6.5? Well, it's because Middle Tennessee State has one of the worst defenses in the country. Now, both of these teams got spanked by Marshall. I would take the under... That should be the official pick is the under in this game because Middle Tennessee State's offense sucks. Look, this game probably is going to be the most boring game you'll ever see, so I'm not going to watch it. I think FAU finds a way. They're probably going to win like 17-10 in a just sleeper. No, I feel um, I feel like it's going to be one of those weird scoring games like uh like 12 to I don't know, 8 or something. Like like a weird one. baseball score. 24 to 2. <laughs> but anyway, So what's the FAU, official pick then? FAU or the under? Official pick FAU minus six and a half. Okay, no switching. No switching. All right, what's next? All right. Pick number two is going to be the Virginia Cavaliers minus nine and a half against Florida State. Look, you want to talk about nothing to play for. Florida (laughs) State. One win on the entire year, and that was to Jacksonville State. Barely. Barely. (laughs) FSU cannot score. They had one fluke game against UNC. That was it. I mean, the the rest of their games have been absolute dumpster fires. They can't they can't even move the ball. It's not like they're getting a bunch of yards and not getting into the red zone. Like FSU versus USF would just be like throwing punting the ball between the twenties. Special but, teams um, fest. Yeah, Florida State. Too many injuries. Lack of effort. COVID rampant. They quit the last week, room. too. They didn't want to play Clemson or whatever. That's the rumor yeah. going around by Bruce Feldman. So how could they possibly get up for this game against Virginia? You know, another key to uh, effort and motivation, you look at the uh, lowest get-in ticket price on StubHub, like <laughs> $15 for a Florida State game. Come on. Conference game, too. And... uh and I think it's the last one of the year. So anyway, plus this on a Saturday. Like, what are you doing? Apparently, there's a lot more to do in Tallahassee than watch this garbage-ass team. So, Ooh, ouch. 
We've won Virginia. We've won with Virginia earlier this year. We'll take them again. Good quarterback play and a decent defense. But you don't even need a decent defense to beat Florida State. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're taking Virginia minus nine and a half. All right. And, And then the third and final pick, I changed this one. This is probably my least confident pick, but I'm still going to give it out. My least confident pick is probably going to win by the most. So anyway, we're (laughs) going to take Rutgers plus 12 and a half against Purdue. Look, Purdue could easily be 4-0. They've had a ton of close losses, like two. And uh, I kept flip-flopping between the two, but... Give me Noah Vedral, former UCF quarterback. Look, they almost beat Michigan Crazy. last year. I know it's not saying much, but you want to talk about like build starting to build up a program like Rutgers. You beat Michigan State, and then if they would have beat Michigan, but I know there's no moral victories, but I think they're they're just too good to not catch another team. They're gonna get one more this year. They're trending up. Um, Shiano, baby, the Shiano man. Shiano, and I just really like Vedral. I think I think he got, you know, our quarter. We've we're so blessed with a amazing quarterback room for the past, you know, four, five. Well, yeah, four, five years. So I, I think he just. I'm glad that he, and I'm happy for him that he found a home there in Rutgers and. It's Who awesome, knows, man. He's really changing. Maybe the changing of the tides here, you know, Penn State 0-5. Man, Penn State versus Michigan this week. Oh, my God. You want to talk about it? You can't lose this game. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Loser goes home. I mean, already both in the dumpster. This is like bottom feeder dumpster. But anyway, I say we're going to take Rutgers and the points plus 12 and a half. So we'll get... We'll recap the picks real quick. FAU minus six and a half against Middle Tennessee State. Virginia minus nine and a half against Florida State. And Rutgers plus 12 and a half against Purdue. Let's get that money. I really like the Rutgers pick. Actually, I like all three picks, so I'll probably take them this week. Um, Good stuff. All right. Last up, Moves Mailbag. Thank you guys for your submissions as always. Uh, first question is from MD Night 2016. With 100% capacity stored, is the 2021 game against Boise State a sellout? Great question. Absolutely. Unless it's like on a Thursday or Friday. I mean, it's. I mean, there's no lack of spirit with the fans. They're just it, COVID. I would be I would be concerned if like people weren't caring, but people are caring, and especially next year, you know. I mean, the team's still going to be good. It's not like we suck. We're still going to put up a lot of points. People love offense. The defense is going to improve. You know. It's a huge rivalry, kind of. Even though we have never played each other, we're both, you know, they were like the original G5 team, and then we had our whole run. But it, I think it could be a fun, like, 
fun rivalry. The beginning of a fun rivalry. Um, but who the heck knows what's going to happen? I mean, but yeah, if it's under regular circumstances, of course. It, I think it would be the home opener. So I think it would definitely be a sellout. And I can't wait to go yeah. to Idaho in 2022, I think. Why? Dude, the blue I mean, field. The blue field yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure you get there. And it, it, it's honestly like kind of hard on the eyes, at least on TV. I don't know what it's like in person, but hey, only one way to find out. Dude, nothing is worse than that Coastal Carolina field. Is that the black one? No, it's like or turquoise. Purple or whatever. There's a bunch of weird ones. Yeah. Should, ooh, should we go with an all-black field? Oh, no, you'd like melt in the first game. <laughs> yeah. I like what we've been doing with the paint and stuff, but it would be cool for like Black Friday or something. But then I think it would be hard for the players because if we're wearing black... You can't, like, see him all the way downfield. Well, doesn't Boise wear blue at home? Or they're not allowed to? I don't know. I feel like I've seen him wear blue on the blue, but I, I don't know. And again, in person and on TV is way different. Uh, I, don't know, right. I don't know which way, but... Next question is from... First watch, first touchdown... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> first watch... Fresh take touchdown challenge winner. The guy who doesn't can't figure <laughs> out how many college football teams to like. UCF, MSU, Clemson. Will Trey Nixon come back next year since he was injured most of this year? Good question. You know, actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I meant to say something earlier when we talked about Richie Grant probably leaving. I wonder how many seniors are going to stay because, I mean, let's be real. Most of these guys, I mean, they're going to all try to go to the NFL, but a lot of them won't be able to. Um, it might be advantageous for them to, to leave or to stay another year. You know, for most of these seniors, a lot of the time, this is going to end up being their last game, unfortunately. So why not maybe try and extend that? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, You know, as always with, UCF, our guys don't, they don't get enough uh, kind of coverage and stuff. And that ends up being good value for a lot of teams. Like I think Gabe Davis in the fourth realm is a steal for the Bills. But at the same time, it makes it tough for guys to leave early. Like we saw what happened with Snelson. And there was an injury too, but that's the risk you take. And that could have happened if he stayed too. And this will always be kind of like the age-old argument and you know, these guys got to do what's best for them. I mean, hey, he could maybe transfer or something. You know, who knows? We're going to see a lot of weird stuff this offseason. Yeah, as, uh, I think, well, first off, Marlon is not going to come back. But that's okay. He's ready. He's proven himself. He has improved every single year he's been here. Um, more catches every year. More touchdowns every year. More yards every year. Um, he... He is NFL ready. I, I'm not going to put a round grade on him yet. I want to see the last two games. Um, but I think he is definitely draftable. And I think, you know, Trey Nixon, and I, I feel Marlon did it right, though. Like, he was very patient. Yep. He waited his time. He could have been a number one receiver on a lot of different teams, but you know he was in Traquan Smith's shadow. He was in Gabe Davis's shadow. 
And this was finally his year to shine. And man, did he come through. So with that being said, I think next year could be Trey Nixon's year to really shine. Look, we lose Marlon. Jalen, I think, will only be a junior. Or, dude, everyone's eligibility is going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Jalen's going to leave after this year. No. And then, you know, O'Keefe can still be that third guy. It, dude, give me all three of those dudes right? all day, every day. Like, we, this is wide receiver you all over again. It's awesome. And, um, dude, I think we're going to look back in like three to four years at that 2017 team and go, my God, we have Marlon Williams, Traquan Smith, and Gabe Davis. And Snelson. And Snelson. And probably like someone else we're not even remembering. Akins. Oh, yeah, Jordan Akins. It's like five NFL pass catchers. Pretty all wild. On the same team. So, anyway, that was my spiel. Trey, I hope you come back. You kind of got a bum deal uh, on the season getting injured. So, you need your year to shine, and I think you can do it in 2021. Yeah, looking here real quick, uh, since you brought up Marlon Williams. So, he's 15 yards behind Elijah Moore of Ole Miss. Both teams have two games left, although Ole Miss had one canceled. But something to keep an eye on. Also, Jay Flash is sixth overall in yards with 854. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Oh, Dylan, by the way, is by far number one in passing yards again. And second in touchdowns. So, DG for Heisman back, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I think Trask is going to get it with 31 in the SEC. But we'll see. Uh, was that all the questions? Oh, man. No, I'm looking – so there is an outside shot that if he just goes like absolute baller crazy that Marlon Williams could pass Traquan Smith for career receiving yards. What about single season? Didn't Gabe Davis set that – Gabe Davis set that last year? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't have that. I'll bring it up. In front of me. One second. So, single season passing touchdowns, 37 for KZ in 17. Looks like Dylan, well, Dylan could get to that with two more games left. Something to keep an eye on. And that'll be with way less games overall. Uh, Receiving yards. Hold on. Reception. So he, uh, Mike Sims Walker at ninety. He's at seven, or he's at nine. Mike Sims Walker at ninety. He's at seventy-one. I mean, that's still doable. Two games. Doesn't he average like ten catches a game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, he does. Um, trying to find. Yeah, receiving yards was uh, uh, Gabe Davis last year by four yards passing Doug Gabriel with 1,241. That's a very breakable record. And in a shortened season, it will actually be insane that he breaks it. And I actually think it's going to happen. He's not that far behind Gabe Davis. So a lot of cool little takeaways from this year. You wonder, you know, if you extrapolate to the full 12, 13 game schedule, what these numbers would look like. 
Ooh. Pretty nuts. Yeah. And uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to have a lot of... It's going to be close between him and KZ for a lot of these career records, looking at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, you know, when all's said and done, I think Dylan's probably going to be number one over Culpepper in passing touchdowns with... He's at 84. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? Quick little short week show. Getting out to you quickly. Uh, let's do this. La- do that last question. I didn't see a last one. It must have just came in. Yeah, it did. Don't give MD Knight another question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. This one's from Cameron Smith. With Casey hopefully planning on a 2021 push for playing, where do you think is best fit for him to transfer? My guess is SEC, Georgia, parentheses, question mark, so we can bump his draft stock up. I mean, we could speculate all day about, ah, dude, it just sucks, man. I don't want to see him leave. I want what's best for him, though. I think, unfortunately, what's best for him is, you know, just getting healthy and um, getting a chance somewhere. Getting a chance somewhere, just like seeing Noah Vedral. I, I have nothing against Noah. Um, he's a good guy, and and him getting his chance at Rutgers. I don't know. Just wild guess. I think in that offense that you know, I. It's hard for me to say this, but I still think he's going to go to Nebraska. It makes the most sense. <laughs> I mean, he. I don't hate for him to say that. that's. I mean, that's the offense that he fit best in. Yeah, I won't be mad at him at all. No, I'd I'd love for that because then maybe Nebraska will finally win some games. Yeah, and honestly, it's the best thing. I wouldn't. I couldn't live with the fact that he went to like Florida State or yeah. There's no he would, someone he would never do someone that. that we'd have to play. You know, like a, a Houston or. Or Cincy or something. He you would know? never. He would never do that. If on the odd chance that we ended up playing, it would be because of like some weird bowl game, you know, yeah. like the Birmingham Bowl. If he goes to like some SEC school and they go like six and six, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. So, I don't know if I'd be able hate to watch. thinking about it, but <laughs> I'm just real proud of him for for coming back. I'll be even more proud when he steps on the field on Friday. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, there will be a, uh, bring some Kleenex is what I would say. Yeah. There's going to be some tears flowing, man. Uh, just thinking about that. I, I just got goosebumps again and it happens every time I think about it, which is like once or twice a day now with it getting closer. Um, wow. I really think it's going to happen. I, I like, do too. Like I said before, I, I don't want to harp on this for you know, hours, but I can't think of a single good reason why he won't play this game unless he doesn't want to or feel comfortable, which is totally fine. Like there's no, it just makes the most sense. It's perfect. Yep. It's got to happen. All right. Uh, let's wrap up. All right. Last couple tidbits built by UCF update. Rashad Perryman with a nice little 49 yard touchdown pass from elite quarterback Joe Flacco. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Jets tanking, but Perriman, he, he was uh, banged up a little bit at the beginning of this year, but good to see him back. And uh, 
yeah, hopefully he has a long NFL career. He got a pretty decent contract from the Jets, and uh, good to see him getting in the end zone. Anyone else? Uh, Jordan Akins had a nice little game, five catches, 83 yards, and a win over the Patriots. Was that the Texans' second win this year? Third. Third? Deshaun Watson looks good, man. It, the, it stinks. I mean, he got dealt a bad hand with Bill O'Brien, but you can't yeah. be mad if you're a Texans fan. Like, you got your guy. So, you did trade DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Whatever. Bill O'Brien decimation of the roster. Uh, Latavius Murray actually had a decent game. 12 carries. Got him in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Forgot to ask the question. Why are you 0-11 now in fantasy? <laughs> Am I really? I don't even look at that league anymore. Oh, stop. It's yes, so... you do. You set your lineup. All right, maybe. I don't. No. Yeah, but I, I swear I haven't looked at it because I knew I, I knew I was going to lose. What did I score? Like 50 points a game? <laughs> oh, and 11. Worst Sacco in history. I'm coming back. Yeah. Oh. And you got Michael Thomas back, so there's no excuse. Oh, I could win, dude. I could win. I'm only down. 55. Yo, I might actually score 100 this week. I have Godwin, and I'm at 99. But I got absolutely smoked by Trank. Bah. <laughs> Man. All right. We're wrapping this up. Go to the game. Any bef- uh, There's no tailgating. Don't forget your mask. Wear your mask. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. That means you. Yeah. Um, any pregame meet up or I don't know what time I'm going up there. Uh, I think maybe Mike D's bar is going to be open after the Ivy Rose. Look on social okay. media. We'll talk about that. If if there's anything, I don't even know who knows, man, everything's changing really quickly yeah. again. So I'm just happy to, to be able to be there. And I have Are fingers you crossed. Up the whole weekend or no, no, I'm probably just going to go up for the day. I'm uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super busy, man. I, I can't oh, keep doing true. these long weekends. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll see though. I might. Oh, we're gonna stay. Yeah, we're just gonna stay the night. Maybe do a little Saturday brunch action. Okay. It's, Anybody got any Saturday brunch Tampa recommendations? Let us know. The place I went to in St. Pete on Sunday. Did you see that? Uh, the burger with the fried, deep oh, fried yeah. mac and cheese. I don't know about that, man. I don't like touching the your food. Like the. Well, no, it's weird I mean, when it's not. It, when it's burger. Well, but. bread, you can hold bread. Bread's like a, it's a normal, uh, like a medium to to put other food on. But the mac and cheese, it got messy on my hands. Yeah. It was you had to eat it with like a fork and knife. And honestly, I, I was mean, it so looked dank though. So I had, first of all, I didn't even know that I didn't read the thing. I just saw some cheesy thing and it said it was on Good Morning America. So I was like, I'll order this. It comes out and I'm like, what the heck? Because we ordered deep fried mac and cheese as an appetizer too. And it was already like full. <laughs> so I probably had like... Deep fried mac and cheese overload. Yeah. So I probably had like, I don't know, 10, 15% of this thing and then I was full. And it was kind of weird with the burger. Burger and mac and cheese is a weird combo. It was good though. It was fun to try. Well, but that, I mean, it's like hamburger helper. That was a place called Dats in St. Pete. So. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. They got a huge menu. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it yeah, out. I like if, that place. If we go anywhere, we'll let you guys know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, go to the game, seriously. Um, could be one of the most special moments in UCF history. So. Yeah. 
And uh, no need to get plastered before the game. Pretty sure they still have beer there. Yeah, just just go. What time is it at? 3.30, right? 3.30. That's a, it's a perfect kickoff time. Me and Moo, 122. So Let's go. See you guys there. Go Knights. Charge out. Shots. Shots. Shots.